Hi everyone, today we're going to be talking about architecture and how... People are going to be like, what the hell? This makes no sense. It all makes sense when we're talking about it because we're talking about meaning but in physical form. Um, and I think, what's the thing that we first talked about yesterday? It was Arthur's Roundtable? Yeah. Because uh, in essence, we're we're trying to like kind of dovetail Adlerian theory with architecture. And this is something that, well, I guess we're like weirdos in the sense that we have... We can Adlerize anything. Yeah, no, I, we can't. It's like jazzercise. And, but. So this is just, a, I think this is the idea. Sometimes Adler gets a little stuck in a clinician's office or in like books or, or things like that. And that's, of course, those are perfectly wonderful places for Adler's theory to be. But um, I think one of the things that maybe has kind of hampered our theory at, at times is that it gets... Like, we haven't connected it to these other aspects of life. Um, like, if you think about Freudian theory, you know, there's, like, all this literary analysis that gets done um, using Freudian theory that's had this massive effect on liberal arts education. And so uh, so it kind of hangs around, even though it's, you know... And, and Dali, right? He, like, did a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Freud stuff, which I, was, uh, I felt a little jealous that... He didn't meet Adler in the same way, but you know. yeah, yeah. Would, uh, we, <laughs> Imagine what it would have looked like. Yeah, really. I, I love his. I love his artwork, and um, so so. Anyway, so like to connect uh, architectural theory and um, some things like which, by the way, we're not architects, and we don't. Um, so like we're going to talk about architectural theory in a very very loose way. So I beg of you, if you're an architect, don't be, like go easy on us, or maybe just here, don't but. watch this one because it might <laughs> yeah, it, just, it, it might hurt. Just, just skip. Just skip. <laughs> Um, so, so to come back to uh, the round table, um, when we're talking about meaning in physical form, the idea is that you know, it's, uh, like architects and designers, when they when they uh, you know put together a design, it's not just like oh, well, this kind of looks interesting to me. I mean, there is an aesthetic component, obviously, but there's also um, people don't design objects; they design an experience. Um, and so, uh, and that goes for architecture, but it also goes for something like a table. And so if we think about uh, King Arthur's Round Table, this idea that there is no head of the table, and this is a signal of equality uh, among individuals who's, you know, so when uh, Arthur sits with his knights at this round table, there he's communicating something meaningful about the dynamic that exists uh, between him and his, and his knights. Yeah, it's a collaboration over hierarchy. And, yeah. and everybody is expected to contribute to like the greater whole, like of the community and everything like that. So, and they have some like code of honor. Did I make that up? The, the knights, where it's like they have to be like loyal and courageous, and all these things, where it's like this idea of personal responsibility that they take on in order to like move things forward in the world. Mm -hmm. So I like mm -hmm. that part too. So, and this and this branches to architecture as well. It's not just like it doesn't just take form in like tables or something like this. Um, uh, there's a building that comes to mind. Daniel Leibeskind uh, is a, a really fantastic architect. In in my opinion, I really like his stuff. He designed the Freedom Tower in New York, and a lot of going up. Yeah, like a, a lot of I mean, very very famous buildings. But he designed, I believe, it's the Jewish Museum in Berlin. Um, I, boy, this is just terrible. I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but he designed you it don't in part. All the things that he did on the spot. How dare <laughs> well, you? Just to, to mention it, I should have done my homework. But uh, he designed it in part so that you would get a little bit lost in there, um, and that and that's on purpose. Like again, he's he, it's it's not just like oh well, this is uh, kind of a cheap way to build something that looks cool, um, and ooh, let's use this material or whatever because because I kind of like it. He's designing an experience, so. When we think about that, um, when we reckon with the fact that 
that architects are designing not just a building, but they're designing uh, a kind of experiential, uh, well, yeah, they're designing an experience inside and of, uh, of a building. Um, talk, uh, kind of lay out for folks, like what, what parts of Adler's theory are we going to try and kind of connect that to, even just if we could do a little bit of like explaining Adler's theory so we can talk about how that shows up in architecture in terms of plus and minus. Oh, that's what I was going to say, like the superiority, inferiority stuff. Um, and my brain's going to Mont Saint-Michel. Can we go ahead and talk about that? Oh, well, can, actually, can you just like give folks a reminder? Like, because some folks might not know Adler's theory. Can you talk, just give a brief overview of inferiority, inferiority, superiority relationships? Yeah, so Adler believed that we all are striving for superiority. And I think it's Citra, you said, perfectioning, where we're all trying to... I like to say, like, become more complete. And the things that we feel that make us feel inferior or less than, we're going to try and overcompensate and do something to feel better or to strive for excellence in that sense. Okay. Yeah, sometimes we talk about as moving from a, a minus, minus to a plus. Yeah. And that can be done in a couple ways. This gets us back to uh, Lydia Sitcher, who was a student of Adler's. So there's vertical and there's horizontal striving. Horizontal is more like rising tides raise all boats, like what helps you helps me, uh, helps the community. Vertical is uh, the Jacob's Ladder that you always talk about, where it's like you're climbing up in order to get up a run. You have to kick off an angel in order to move up, and that's just not necessarily how it has to be. Okay, yeah, so so two ways of moving from minus to plus. One is to pull others down mm -hmm. uh, so vertical. that I can be up on top and in power. Um, and then uh, there's another way to move up, which is it's more like progress or yeah, to, yeah, perfectioning or moving towards completeness or something like that. And that's a, um, let's say that's on the useful, healthy useful. side of life. The other is uh, just puts us in conflict with other people. Okay. Now, you were mentioning Mont Saint-Michel. You were just in uh, Normandy, yeah? I was, I was. And I kind of want to, like, flash a picture up on... Oh, we can, we can, we'll throw a picture in here. We can so. do that because... Here's the picture of Mont Saint-Michel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's this, I don't know, the historians, that, if they listen to this, they're going to cringe. Um, but it's like, it's this island off of, and there's this abbey at the top, off the coast of Normandy. And what I loved first about it is, like, there's this bridge, or I think they call it a causeway, that leads to the island, Uh but the tides vary so much by like, I don't know, like 50 feet, I want to say, between oh, like wow. low tide and high tide. And when it's low tide, you can walk across and you can have access. But when it's high tide, it's it's just, it's like this little island and you, you can't get to it. And immediately that makes me think of like superiority, like when things are high, you're striving upward vertically. It's like, well, you isolate yourself and you're kind of an island. Mm. Uh, and low tide is more, you know, people are welcome. Um, but you've not seen it, but I think I've maybe probably sent you way too many photos of all the views of it. But there's like the abbey at the top, which we were talking yesterday, like, yeah, we could see that as maybe oppressive, you know, mm -hmm. uh, to put God or a symbol of God up, up at the top. But also it gives us something to strive for because while we're moving from minus to plus, it's goal, goal oriented. And that gives us, I don't know, something greater than ourselves. It doesn't necessarily have to be God, but... They're all pointing up, and they're like all the spires, they're triangular and pointed, but they're also layered. So it makes me think of like mm. this community feeling. Um, and the streets are really narrow because we like climbed up. I didn't actually go into the abbey, but because you had to have tickets apparently. Uh, but you go through the streets and they're really narrow. So, like, and there's like, I wish I could show you, but like, there's like a, a, sh a shop here and then like a cafe, like right here. So it invites, I mean, you have to cooperate. Like there's probably like 30, 40 people that live in that place, but like everybody mm. has to get along. 
I mean, you could spit and hit the other person, so you kind of yeah. have to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on? Well, I think. Uh, I and, mean, and Saint Michael, of course, what it's named after. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. So uh, I think there's a few things there. So uh, I think one of the things that we tend to do. Um, when we interact with hierarchies, rightfully so, I think now we're having like a cultural moment where we're paying a lot of attention to power dynamics and we're maybe a little bit more suspicious about hierarchy, right? Yeah. It's like, so if you think about Montse Michel, it's like this, it's this conical shape, which a pyramidal structure in architecture, it speaks to like a movement toward the heavens and mm -hmm. it, it's like a, a pointing upwards towards Transcendent. So you see this in a lot of religious structures, and you also see in kind of postmodern, a lot of postmodern architecture, they invert pyramids to like point people back to the earth. And so there's some there's something about important about how pyramid shows up. Um, the Louvre and, does that as well. It has inside the the triangle that like the two triangles mm -hmm. meet at the, at this point. Mm -hmm. huh, I like mm -hmm. that. Which I learned actually that that was. Uh, uh, people, when it got built, they called it an architectural joke. They they really did not much care for it, and now it's regarded as this very um, very important thing. But um, so you've got this kind of uh, I, I know it's more like a cone, but it's loosely a pyramidal structure. You know, moving from kind of groundedness and then up to this point that that uh, orients toward the heavens. And so we see this you know this kind of hierarchy. And yeah, that can be. And I would suspect I don't I don't know about Montsimich. So Mont Saint Michel in particular, but it you know you could make the guess that at times that hierarchy has been used to be oppressive, and I and I uh, I'm glad that we're oriented toward that. But then sometimes what we do is it, the idea is well, we're just going to flatten all hierarchy, and there's two problems with flattening hierarchy. Uh, one is that we don't do it very well <laughs> because there are it's real messy there are things <laughs> down inside of us even just like on a very on a very very biological level things that were are outside of our conscious awareness that are fundamentally hierarchical and um and this gets i mean this is adler right like minus to plus inferiority inferiority superiority like there is there are those dynamics and the question rather than trying to shun our own nature the, the question is, well, what do we do with that now? Do we use it to, do we use this hierarchy to oppress or do we use it to orient ourselves toward the transcendent? And for there to be this abbey, um, you know, which, I mean, what's, for folks who might not know, what's an abbey? It's like a church, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, um, it's like a, we're monks and I don't know. It's, or it's with nuns. Yeah, yeah like it's like, where the nuns are, you yeah. know, and they, it's this place yeah. of worship and, and transcendence and, and the idea is that you, uh, it, it, it is this very, um, it, it's sacred in part because it is a, like if you, even if you think about the Tower of Babel in the Bible, that they build this huge tower and the idea is that they want to build it so large that they will reach the heavens, right? And so, and there you've got your pyramidal, your, your functional pyramidal structure. So there's something about like orienting ourselves toward perfection and towards beauty and transcendence that is helpful and and good can that be used to oppress sure but can it also be used for progress yeah and there we get to vertical and horizontal striving i was going to say something but now i don't know if it fits but um back to like it is what you do with it like i think Monsieur michelle was actually used as a prison um during like <laughs> the french revolution like you, you can decide what it's used for like often it is that's used great, as, yeah. as protection and that's saint michael he's you know like of battles or you know warriors mm. you know like the patron saint of like protection or something um 
but he's often depicted, isn't he, with like a, a sword and a shield? So it's like, yeah, he's he's held to a higher standard, but like he still fights and he has to like he shares a personal responsibility. Mm. But yeah, it can be used as a fortress or a prison. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, like when you're talking about this, I'm actually thinking of another church that, that I visited when I was in Spain. Um, in Barcelona, there's this um, really fantastic uh, neo-Gothic, but also um, kind of like Art Nouveau uh, cathedral that's been, it was designed by an architect, um, uh, Gaudí is his last name. And, um, it's called La Sagrada Familia. It means the sacred family. You have pictures so we can. I, yeah, yeah. Okay. And here's a picture (laughs) of La Sagrada Familia. It has been under construction for well over a century and they're still not, it's still not complete. I think they're shooting for, when I visited, I think they were shooting for like 2026 for full completion of the cathedral, but it's been a very, very long time. Um, and there's, gosh, so many unbelievable elements of this cathedral that are really, I mean, just very, very impressive. Every little detail Gaudi thought out, and it's just, uh, it's, a, it's a really cool building. But there's this one particular thing in the, uh, in the building that was, it was particularly impactful for me. So in a cathedral, typically, one of the things that you have inside the cathedral is a crypt, and to typically like very, very important people will be buried there. Sometimes they'll have like a bone of a saint or, you know, something or whatever that's kept in, in, in a crypt. But they tend to be these kind of dark, dingy, you know, places kind of down in the, you know, yeah. uh, in the belly of the cathedral or whatever. Um, We've all seen Supernatural. We all know what a crypt looks like. <laughs> I, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. So, um, Gaudi did this, did this very, very interesting thing. So you walk into the main cathedral, and it is the scale of it is like it's almost difficult to comprehend how big everything is. And I've only seen these pictures. But... Unbelievably uh, tall, uh, tall ceilings, and all these windows with all, with all these different colors with the stained glass. He did some really cool things with colors. But you you move toward the crypt, and one of the things that he did is that the crypt is it's kind of sunken down to this you know below the main floor, but around this crypt, the kind of walls of the crypt, there's this opening that um, that opens up into the main thing. And, and you, so there's like kind of like a, a railing and you walk around, but there's this distance in between the railing and the actual wall of the crypt. And so there's this, and, and what happens is that light from way up in these clerestory windows comes in through the windows and then goes down into the crypt. Uh, and so, and the point of this, right, is, um, Within Christian theology, there is this uh, understanding of uh, the transcendence of heaven reaching down into the death of the tomb. Um, And uh, the Hebrew word for that is sheol. It's like the grave or, you know, sometimes people use that. They translate it as hell or something. But it's this like place of death. And the idea that there is this light from heaven that penetrates down into, into the crypt um, it's very, it's very special, and so there's something there, right? That it's okay. We've got a plus and a minus, and that the, the there's something about the plus that moves down to the minus that condescends, mm-hmm. and that's uh, let's say in a in a really beautiful way a piece of of Christian theology, Catholic theology, um, that Gaudi put into into stone. You know, you, when you, you get to experience it yeah. instead of just or experience it, but like engage with it. My my memory of. Uh, from, and I could be misquoting this, but Gaudi said that the, the gospel is, uh, or the Bible is gospel made book, and he wanted his church to be gospel uh, in stone. stone. 
And don't the stones kind of look, at least this is just from pictures, but they look like bone. Well, there's a, so there's a facade. He has a nativity facade, which is all about the birth of Christ. And then he has uh, a, yeah, passion facade, which is very, like, it's a bit frightening to look at. And there's all these sculptures that tell the passion story. And then there are these, um, these columns that rather than being straight up, they they look like a rib cage, like a skeletal rib cage. They kind of go out. It's very, like, deathly. Uh, and then there's uh, and then there's another facade. I believe it's called the Glory Facade or, or uh, something like that. And it's it's the Ascension. And so he's telling these three parts of the story. Anyways, um, it's just to say that I think that it's certainly for Adlerians, but I also think just as people, when we're in a space, when we're in an architectural space, to look for these dynamics, um, it makes something about what we're already experiencing uh, real to us. Um, me- meaning that it's not like, well, I, there's this other article that I, I, or it's not an article, it's a chapter of a book that I really love where um, he observes the relationship between um, cathedral design, uh, Christian cathedral design, and the modern shopping mall. They share all the same architectural features. Interesting. And so, like, if you walk through a shopping mall, you've got these windows, right? And they've got these uh, mannequins dressed up. Those are the icons of the. Uh, those are icons. <laughs> that That's sense. what they are. In these, and all these little stations, right? Uh, like all through, uh, all through the shopping mall, and and so then you start to think about it. It's like, okay, well, if we think of the Eucharist as kind of the, the, um, the epitome of the function of a cathedral, you know, this is where there's this, you know, Eucharistic, uh, uh, moment. What you think about what the Eucharistic moment of the shopping mall is, and it is the purchase of consumer goods. And so uh, to see that the shopping mall, and by the way, I'm not like, I'm not trying to dunk on shopping malls or something, but to to see and experience that a shopping mall is a cathedral of of consumerism, that that's what it is. That's what it seems like. Now now I'm not going to be able to unsee that if I go to a shopping oh, yeah. mall. Thank you. Well, yeah. As you, I eat my pretzel bites. You can thank James uh, James K A Smith for for that. Uh, it's his fault. Um, he he did the same for me. Changed my mind about um, about shopping malls. So uh, in, in essence, what I'm trying to say here is that to be mindful about the meaning of of architecture. And I don't think that we have to be architectural theorists to do this. Mm. You and I aren't architectural theorists, but to notice these- More than me, but to notice, to know, and especially like some of these holier places, but it's like you get to get this chance to align yourself with the natural order of things, because that's what they're connecting to usually. And then you get to figure out what your place in it is, like where you belong, which is super Adlerian. And that's what I do when yeah. I go into any space. I'm like, how do I fit here? What is the story that I tell myself? And how does this make sense to me? And it's, that's why every place is beautiful to me and make me, makes me cry well, <laughs> when I go into a church. And I think particularly for pluses, plus and minus dynamics, that we would be aware of those things. And again, not with the goal of absolutely flattening hierarchies. Yeah. Um, listen, do some hierarchies need to be flattened out a little bit like, and make it made a little bit less steep? Sure. Uh, and, I, and I'm on board with that, but also to recognize, okay, somewhere there's going to be some kind of pyramidal uh, experience here. It's going to be a hierarchical experience. But are we engaging this in, in that in a ver- in a vertical way or in a horizontal way where we're perfectioning, where we're moving towards progress? We maintain our courage to be imperfect, but we're moving towards something transcendent and and good and beautiful. Or is this a 
uh, superiority over others kind of way of, of relating. Um, I think those are things worth thinking about. And I also, um, I also see it as a matter of like mutual respect. And this is mm. just me being super Adlerian extra with it. But like walking in, I want to know how it affects me because that helps me turn towards myself, which is respectful. And then it helps me appreciate all the things that went into building and constructing it. And mm. it's respect right, right back. So it's, I don't know. That's not probably why I do it, but let's say that that's why I do it. <laughs> it makes me sound better. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to our very nerdy conversation today. And um, can, let us know. We can uh, do more buildings, more yeah. Statue of Liberty. Or, yeah. You know. e- even if you had like a, even if you had a building that you think is a little bit interesting and that you'd or your be house. interested in or something like that, I'd be, um, we'd be interested in talking a little bit about that or um, and, and if, even just listening. Um, to see what you have to say. But we appreciate your time and attention. Have a great uh, rest of your day. Thank you.